Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Bijou Podcasts. This is episode 58 of the Stacey June Show, and today is a single Pringle episode where I am doing a Q&A answering your questions about single life, solo living, dating, and relationships. Welcome to the Single Pringle episode for this week. I'm Stace. I host the Stacey June Show. And on a Tuesday, I drop an episode called the Single Pringle episode, which is essentially a collection of conversations, sometimes interviews, sometimes thoughts from me, and lots of interaction with you about how to best flourish in your solo self. So that could be in your single life. It could be when you're in a relationship and have lacked independence, or it could be the way you're trying to find your groove in looking for someone, looking for the one as it's often referred to and how we continue to check in with ourselves and question things around us or people we're meeting, for example, and checking back in with ourselves as to how that fits within who we are and what our needs are. Today, I want to answer your questions. Over the past couple of weeks, I have been asking for you to send through questions to the podcast email, which is podcast at stacyjune.com. You can email any questions there at any time. I will do these on the reg. Uh, or you can uh, follow us at, at, on Instagram, singlepringleau, where there's often a question box and also the ability to DM us at any time. I'm going to put these into two episodes because it, there are a lot. And Uh, As you would know, I go pretty deep in most of the topics. What I am going to do, though, is try and answer off the cuff as much as I possibly can. I'm really going to try... And, and see where I'm taken in the moment. So I haven't prepped a lot of these questions, not because I don't want to prepare, I suppose, my process on this, but I, I want to give you the absolute core kind of gut response, which is exactly the way I want you to start living your life and trusting your gut through making decisions around dating and relationships in particular. Because so much of, I guess, the questions that you'll ask me will to some degree, they rely back on what your gut is telling you. So I will give you the right direction, but so many of them will end up landing in you having a form of conversation with yourself about what your gut is telling you about that particular situation. All right, let me kick this off. If you are a person that is new to this podcast, hello, I dropped the single Pringle episode on a Tuesday. We usually do an interview on a Thursday and then there's a self-centered Sunday podcast for for you to just really, I don't know, take some time for yourself and have a bit of a think about uh, a feeling or a, a thought in depth when you've got a moment or a minute for you to take a bit of a breath and reflect. And that's what I do on a Sunday and you can listen to that at any point. So let's get stuck into this Q and A. I'm going to keep most of you anonymous, so I will give you some kind of cute nickname. Hopefully you'll know who you are if you have asked the question. 
But the first question I wanted to answer was from K12 and they've asked, what's the difference between knowing you'll meet your person and hoping you will? Oh, K12, I love this question because this is something that I think we're rattled with all the time and it doesn't, it doesn't ever end. Like when you do the work on yourself and when you are true to your values, which again, I will put all the single Pringle workshops in show notes if you haven't already done them. There's a values workshop there if you have really not thought about doing a values list for yourself if you're looking for a partner. But even when you've done that work, even when you've done you know, endless amounts of therapy, you've healed a lot of the things from your past, you've started to work on relationships with your parents, you've started to think about your childhood habits and and patterns around what you expect from a partner from the past. You still will have those days where you'll go in between knowing that the person's out there and hoping they're out there. And they both go hand in hand, K-12, if I'm honest, because I really don't think that it's possible for us to have that sense of, I guess, confidence, I want to say, on the outside all of the time, that sometimes we're going to be we're going to be a little bit wonky, as my partner said to me today. He was like, you know what? I get what you're saying. We had an argument. He was like, but I'm a bit wonky today. And and I got that. And I really felt that because even if you have a great foundation and you're very aware deep, deep down, not all of us are in a kind of a gut intuitive meditation type state all day, every day, which is where you often really check in with yourself often we're not in that state. So when you're having a bad day or, as he said, you're feeling a bit wonky, the knowingness goes to hope pretty quickly. There isn't really a problem with either of them. You are going to go backwards and forwards between the two. But I do believe that if you are doing the work, there's a really good layering system that can happen here. And if you think of it like layers and or a foundation from kind of, a, I guess, an earth perspective or where you plan to plant, you think of the roots, right? And if you're doing the work on yourself, the work the work really does build a very good root foundation. At the absolute core level at your roots, you're building a sense of knowing. And even if you're not always aware of that knowing or always consciously thinking it, and even days that you're doubting it, if you're really doing the work on yourself and you know that you're building your self-worth, you're keeping yourself accountable, and you're becoming the person you want to be that you believe matches the person you're trying to attract – then that sense of knowing not only is always there, but it grows the more work that you do. So it's much easier to tap into that sense of knowing the more work you're doing. So those roots become bigger and bigger and they kind of grow to the foundation. So they become the soil. So when you're having days where you've only got hope and feel like you don't have knowing, it's much easier to pull on that knowing because they might be closer to the surface, closer to the grass, closer to your feet than they would be if you're doing no work. And if you are a person that really, truly doesn't know that there is someone out there for you, 
then that's where you have to start. You have to go in and do some self-work on yourself. It isn't the work you do externally to find someone that's going to create that, that root knowing in you. It's the work you do on you. So if you're finding yourself really flailing in between hope and knowing often K-12, it may mean that you really do need to do some more work on your own self-worth because once you build your self-worth, you start to understand that there is somebody totally there for you because you like you, so why wouldn't someone else like you? Then you start to love you and then you start to believe, well, why wouldn't someone else love you? And then you also start to realize that you've got the ability to go for anything that you want and if that involves a partner and you understand and trust that timing plays a part but then you surrender, all of those things will lead you to where you're supposed to be which is a partner. There is no reason you can't attract that into your life if you do the work. There are days when you will do the work, as I said, and hope will be the first thing that comes to mind or maybe not even hope. And then you have to work on getting the hope and not losing that faith and hope. And then under the hope is the sense of knowing. The sense of knowing is really what you want to be working on. That is something that I had the whole way through my single life. And days, there were days where I kind of had tears and said, I actually am surrendering. I, I don't know. And, and I had to have those moments, but they were very rare because really when I was saying I don't know, I was saying I don't know if I'm worth it. So if you don't know, you are saying, I don't know if I am worth it. And if you know and sometimes forget you know and you're hoping, then you just need to come back to understanding a little bit more about yourself, your self-worth and head back to a place where you can access your roots. So I hope that makes sense. Okay, I've got a really great question here by PM. And she says, I've been doing work on myself for many years and I feel like I am happy inside, yet I'm still single. So I like this question because I think, I believe you, PM. I actually really do. Like often I get lots of people that message me and will speak to me about feeling confident or feeling like, yeah, they've done the work and I don't really buy it. Um, I think the work is sometimes not just a couple of appointments on a bad day and then off you go. You really, no work is going to look the same. Everyone's going to have different issues and different things to to continue to kind of improve. Um, But I think there there is a difference between people that are committed to it long-term. So I I buy this. I believe you. I've got a good feeling about this. Um, And I think if you are someone like PM that feels really, confident in saying that I work my ass off. I, I invest in myself, you know, constantly and I, I give myself days off when I want and I've got a good relationship with figuring out the difference between the days I need to be disciplined, the days I don't, what I need when I'm stressed, what I need to do to build my confidence, all that stuff. And then you're still single. It's interesting because I think there's a breakdown here on the messages that you're giving the universe. So, I straight away go to think, okay, so say you're doing all of that work, where's the short circuit with what you want? Have you got specific enough on what you want? Are you surrendering the timing and the process to that if you have? And if you haven't done either of those, then I guess that's a good place to start. 
Because when we aren't specific, when we're very happy with ourselves and then we're looking for a partner, but we we haven't quite got to the point where we're confident enough to be very specific in that partner, then we're giving out this very wide, I guess, net of opportunity. So you might be dating, but you might not be having anybody that really sticks because the universe is very confused as to what you want. So the universe is probably ready to play. The universe is probably hearing that that's something that you want, but what the fuck is it that you want? And don't be kind of flippy floppy with it. You need to be specific. And if you don't know what you want and you don't feel like you know enough to be specific, then you need to put activities, dating things, you're going out, trying hobbies, meeting different people, tell everybody you want to be set up, all those kinds of things you need to start activating in your life for then for, then for you to realise what it is you need to be specific about. So you're not... You're not going to learn what you want by kind of sitting there and waiting for it to come to you. You are going to have to experiment to some degree. And that's what I talk about a lot on this show about dating for yourself. And I speak about it in my book, which I can finally announce very soon when it's going to be released. But it is really about finding ways for you to experiment with yourself and stop thinking about dating as getting to the end of the date and hoping that you've met the one. We really need to start to look at it as a way for us to find out more about ourselves. I hope that helps. And also, if they're guys on the flip side of that that are unavailable, then you need to go back, get a mirror and ask yourself what parts of um, what parts of me are unavailable? What parts of me are living in fear? What parts am I not fully ready to show myself? Because people won't fully show themselves. People won't be fully ready until you are. Every single time you're unsure about what's happened with the dating issue, why you feel like you've reached the same kinds of hurdles time and time again, the easiest and the quickest way to, to kind of break it down yourself is to go look in the mirror and say, what part of me is, this, is the issue? And not causing the problem necessarily, but if it's unavailability, ask yourself where you're unavailable. If it's I'm not getting guys that I'm attracted to sexually. What parts am I not attracted to myself sexually? What parts do I not believe I'm sexually attractive? Flip it to yourself because there's a really good chance that the answer will be there and it won't be what you want to hear because it means you have more work to do. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, here's a good one. Miss K, I feel ready for a relationship, but I don't think I'm ready. How do you find clarity? Miss K, the answer is you're not ready because you know when you're ready, but I think it's you're in a really good place. I think so many of us are in the place that you're saying, and I, I'm just so thrilled you're being so honest because 
Everybody says they're ready before they are because I'll break it down for you and I was exactly like this. I used to say I want to find someone, I want to meet someone, I want to be a mother, I want to have a relationship where I can build a family and all these kinds of things. But I was not ready. So I was ready in the sense that I knew what I wanted, but I wasn't the person I knew I had to be to meet the kind of caliber of a man that I wanted to meet. The guy that I wanted to meet is now eight or nine years above me, like ahead of me in terms of his life. So I had to kind of go older because in a way I was so ready to meet someone so epic that I knew that in order for them to be at the same frequency and self-care place and, and I guess um, I, I guess that calibre of a human and of an evolved and kind of human that works as hard on themselves as me, most men will have to be a little bit ahead of the game in terms of age for you because it's really not often matched in terms of that kind of high frequency and as you guys know, the amount that I worked on myself, it was very rare that I was going to find someone the same age as me that had done the same amount of work. So it worked for me to go older. But my point is that's how high I was going, that I essentially had to meet someone that was eight years older than me because I was aiming for someone that was so ready, so ready to be a dad, so ready for a committed relationship, so ready and over-avoiding doing the work skipping hard conversations, looking to bail out, someone that was in their life ready to dig right in. I was not that person at the beginning of being single. So Miss K, I applaud you for being honest about being in the middle of this process. What it means though is you don't need to completely not be in the dating game or not have any form of relationship at all. You just need to be really aware of the kinds of relationships you can have right now and the kind that you're looking for long term. So define the two because I think often with the way that I share and teach, it does come across that it's kind of one or the other, but it's really not the case. In the process of me finding myself doing my work, I was dating regularly and I was having kind of mini relationships with people regularly. I never took anybody home between my long-term relationship in my 20s and Ben. And when I say home, I mean kind of meeting the parents and doing family things. I really decided that that process for me was going to be a line in the sand and that if anybody met sacred people in my life that they needed to be I needed to have an investment in them to potentially be sacred and it just was something I wanted to keep very separate. So that's not to say that's the way you do it, but have some line in the sand. Like it could be you only do sleepovers with people that you're truly invested in or you only do sleepovers with people that you're looking to get to know more and you only do, I don't know, meeting the friends or inviting them to social occasions if they're someone you want to do long term. There can be different parameters and boundaries depending on what you want at that time. But my point is you can be in the middle and still enjoy your life. You can be in the middle and still know that you're not quite ready for the big person yet, but you know by mucking around, having fun and having clear boundaries with the people in the middle that it will bring you a step closer to the person you want to be. And who knows, one of those people could even end up being that person. You don't know. So you might as well roll the dice. And I really like your self-awareness, Miss Kay. So my, my... My suggestion to you is that you have the clarity already. It's just uncomfortable where you are. So I encourage you to stay where you are. Don't 
rush around and keep moving. I think we can always keep doing work and and keep enjoying ourselves, but make sure that you have really clear boundaries on what a long-term person looks like and what a fun in the middle person looks like. A fun in the middle person does not have to mean a booty call. I was having dates and kind of going on day excursions with dudes and and there were a couple guys that met my friends, like kind of more my I'm going to go for a drink friends. It's not like I had like big catch-ups with my life besties where we all were like, you need to meet this guy. It was more that if I was going for drinks with people, I'd say, okay, well, we're out. Do you want to meet us after or blah, blah, blah. It doesn't have to be, you know, your parameters and your boundaries can be what yours are. But have a think about what makes something fun and casual and flirty and keeps you kind of biding time and working on yourself and what makes something very formalized for you and invested and gives a separate part of your heart and be mindful of both of those and continue to meet people and decipher which box they sit in as you go. I think you will be able to decide if you're honest with yourself, Miss Kay, where they fit and it means that if they don't fit in that long-term box that I assume you would like to end up in, that they can fit in another box for now. I think the disclaimer is that just because we're girls with guys, often we expect guys to be very clear and very honest about their intentions with us. We need to remember to be the same with them. So if it's getting to the point where it's three or four dates, You just need to be very clear that this isn't really a long-term thing for you if they're fitting in that box. I hope that helps and I hope that gives you some inspo on how you can kind of enjoy this part. All right, guys, I'm going to give you guys an answer to the last question for this week and I will continue the Q&A for next week. This question is a relationship question and it is how to get your partner to communicate. Essentially... J.E. has said that she tells him how she feels and he gets angry and doesn't listen. This is really hard because going through this myself at the moment is a real awareness and understanding of different forms of communication and not just understanding of different forms of communication but also having respect and acknowledgement that the other person's form of communication is not better or worse than yours, but all but communication is imperative. So, for example, in my relationship, I obviously, as you guys can assume or would assume, I like to talk. I like to talk things out. It's my therapy. I like to talk things out immediately. I like to talk things out so we can wrap it up and put a bow on it and move the fuck along. I don't like things lingering. And that's my stuff. You know, that that might feel really good or sound really amazing to someone that likes to avoid things, but there's kind of intensity in that and, and there's also this, you know, lack of ability to have space or develop anything in there. It's just that I don't – I get anxious, so it's, it's much easier for me to not have things – Um, go over a period of time because of my anxiety. But that's my stuff. That doesn't mean it works for everyone else. My husband, Ben, is much more of a thinker and he needs a bit of time. But the catch that we've found at the moment is we haven't really found that right way to be able to allow him to have that time and then bring it back. Because by the time we go to bring it back, there's two things that happen. 
I may just drop it altogether. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Often in the moment we think that there's such a big issue that we need to discuss right then and there and then with a bit of time we realise it's gone. But I think the thing that I'm sensing that if I don't keep that kind of reminder that we need to reassess it or re regroup about that topic or I need to get his thoughts at a later date, if I don't remember to bring that up again, it will just get dropped completely. So back to your question, uh, J.E., I think it's not really about getting someone to communicate. I think there needs to be an understanding for any relationship to work and any relationship to be a joint investment that you both have to understand that communication is not an option. It is absolutely compulsory in a relationship. So my first point is that moving forward, that needs to be very clear and and kind of agreed upon by the two of you. Because if one person doesn't see that that's important, then there's a really big issue because you're going to go through a life of not having someone be vulnerable to you that isn't going to push through communication hurdles in order to... um, to do their bit. And I think often sometimes men or even people that go passive and go inward don't see that as a form of, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Damage. Because you often really put silence as something that isn't as damaging as someone yelling. And I really don't think that's the case. I think they're equal, 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 equal. And so there needs to be an understanding that if you're going to be in a romantic relationship or any relationship for that matter, that communication is not an option. It needs to be done. The second point is how it's done is up for grabs. So how he is best able to communicate is something that you need to look at and how you best communicate is something you need to look at and you need to talk about this. So after you agree that communication is something you both know that needs to happen and you agree that that's the case and if you can't get through that, then you may need to go and get some help or at least be very clear on the fact that there is no relationship if there's not a joint understanding that communication is important. There is none because there's one person doing all of the work and one person internalizing things. So you're kind of having a relationship with yourself. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is then to go away and have a think about how you best get your your feelings across. So is it to a point where if you have a fight, you have to email about it the next day or you write a letter or sleep on it and come back to it? So many people tell us that, you know, don't go to bed angry. Well, maybe your communication line is that you need more time. And I've realized that with my partner, as much as I do need to talk about things before we go to bed. So I don't, this isn't like a one-stop shop for us because we really do need to respect each other's boundaries. And that makes me feel very anxious and unsafe if we haven't been able to talk about anything. But maybe we get to a point where we know we can't resolve it, but we still speak nicely to each other before we go to sleep. Um, And then we come back to it at a later point and you can make a time for that if you want. The other option is is that you may want to do a a communication technique that we call in our house the microphone where before we go to bed we will each hold the microphone. It's invisible and it feels silly and it's funny but you just pretend like I kind of sound check it and just do dumb shit to just ease the mood. But it, it just comes to a point where 
both of you probably need to talk and when the other person isn't talking, it's much easier for the person, potentially the person that struggles with communication, to not only speak but also there's silence. So they, they kind of have to fill the space. So you each take a turn with the microphone. You have five minutes to share whatever it is. You must come from a position of I feel I am, not you do this, you make me feel. Must be completely centred around how you're taking this, how you're experiencing it, what you're feeling. And the other person is not to respond at all. It's just a listening exercise. And then you turn the microphone over and the person that speaks next is not to respond to the last person that spoke. They're just to continue on with the feelings and the I, 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 I feel, I want, I need this. That could be a way to get things moving. But I think even before you start to look at communication, uh, communication techniques or even communication uh, styles that each of you have, you have to come from a place that of understanding that communication is what needs to happen for a relationship to work. And I think that without it, there's also this lack of investment that one person is giving because often we don't really give the person that's sharing or communicating a lot the credit that they're also being vulnerable, they're also putting themselves on the line. And in order for a relationship to work, you need two people that are going to show their true colours. You need two people that are going to show themselves when they don't want to or they feel like they want to run into a closet and just kind of hide. That's what a relationship is. So I think it's really important that that part is agreed on first and foremost. All right, guys, you can send your questions through to me, podcast at Stacey June anytime. I am going to collect a few more from the last batch that we we got through and do them next week. But for now, I hope this helps some of you. I feel like I've been talking so passionately for so long. This is a longer episode than usual. And if you liked it, please leave a, a rating and review on iTunes. It is very, very helpful for the charts and for also people that may not have heard of the show to hear of me. I'd really appreciate it. If you haven't listened, um, sorry, if you haven't subscribed to my mail list, you can do so by heading to stacyjune.com. There is a single Pringle newsletter that goes out fortnightly. It went out last week. Um, it was just a bit of a pep talk for those of you that are sick of being single and so many of you enjoyed it and said you needed it. So don't miss out on that. And if you're looking uh, for more info on what I'm up to with my book and my radio stuff and my website, you can also follow the Stacey June one, which uh, comes out every other fortnight. All right, friends. Uh, I also have some information on my one-on-one coaching that is going to launch mid-August. In fact, the actual date for first intake will be the 19th of August. So the intake is for two more weeks. If you are keen, make sure that you email any questions to support at stacyjune.com or you can find out more information at stacyjune.com forward slash workshops. All right, guys, I'll be back with a really juicy chat for you on Thursday. Till then, bye. This has been another Bijou Podcast production. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 